and welcome to the Wired Biohealth Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hall, and I am joined by your show's host, Dr. Evelyn Higgins. Hey, Jackie. Great to be back. Yeah, great to have you back, Doc. So for our listeners who don't know, Dr. Higgins just returned from really a life-changing trip to the other side of the world. You started in Croatia, went on to Greece. What were some of the other countries? Uh, Croatia, Greece, then Egypt, then through the Suez Canal, which was really cool. Wow. Um, and to Dubai. But the political, geopolitical landscape of what's happening right now yeah. had us um, under some pretty tense conditions yeah. from Egypt on. That was when the Israeli tanker was, was boarded, it boarded by? Boarded by two Yemeni skiffs. Wow. Yeah, so for, for, three day, for three nights, we had our windows blacked out, our doors blacked out. We had four agents that boarded our vessel and rode with us, which I was very thankful for. I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was an adventure to say the least. How wide is the Suez Canal? Not wide at all. Like you can see land on both sides. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're the whole time you're looking at land both sides and you're only going eight knots because you have to go slow, so slow or else you're going to erode what's been, I mean, it's a man-made canal. Right. Man, I can't imagine being a captain in those high pressure conditions. I remember after the siege happened, your captain said that the conditions cooperated where you guys were pretty much full throttle. Right, right, right. He said, now we can go a little bit faster and get out of the Gulf of Aden. Um, and fortunately, Mother Nature cooperated and we could do that. But, you know, People that are that professional make everything look seamless. Yeah. And the people who, yeah, some of them could appreciate, some of them couldn't. Some of them were very entitled, thinking that, you know, the world should all operate their way, mm -hmm. regardless of what's happening beyond them, that there are seven and a half billion other people that exist. Right. And uh, really interesting of how well he handled that situation. I mean, yeah. we could see the agents, you know, you're aware of that. One guy was actually had a pirate patch. <laughs> um, but there was so much that we didn't see. Yeah, I'm sure all the planning that goes into that, just not only the value of what's on the ship, but more importantly, the value of the human lives. Right, right. And then even after we got out of what's known as a high risk area, we were still in contact, um, constant contact with us naval vessels. Wow. Yeah. That's the stuff that floors me to think about how each of us, we live our really small lives each right. day. To us, we're the only people that matter. But you think about all the things that happen behind the scenes on even a government level to allow our day to function. To, to have the, the freedom and the existence that we do each and every day, the way that we do, yeah. all that it takes for that to happen. And for people to have the free will to cooperate or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are the things that I think travel really expands your mind to. It's easy to forget when you stay in your world, but once you go outside of it and you're challenged, be it um, in a language barrier, a cultural change, or something that makes you have to be more aware of yourself and your surroundings, I think when you come home, you really appreciate the things that you take for granted take for very granted, easily. Right. Yeah. Is it St. Augustine that said, um, if you don't if you don't travel, you only read a chapter in the book of life. And that's so true. Yeah. And you know, the more, the more that you do travel, the more that you see people are people mm -hmm. all after the same exact things. Everybody wants to live. Everybody wants to love. Everybody wants to matter. And if we could just understand that, that the, we're all after those same things, yeah, we'd be so much better off. So what did you talk about in your lectures on the ship? So I did seven different talks. Um, 
from anxiety, depression, to um, living your best life, to biohacks, to the blue zones, which is really cool information. You know, why is it that there are these five, now six places in the world where there's more centenarians than any other place, meaning people live to 100 or more in these areas? What are they doing differently than we're not doing? Mm -hmm. So what are some of the blue zones in the world? Uh, let's see. Um, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Okinawa, Japan, Loma Linda, California, uh, Sardinia, Italy, and Acaria, Greece. And then just named like a month ago is Singapore. Wow. So these are all totally geographically different areas. What are some of the commonalities that they share? You know, it, it, it's interesting because they all had diet. That was part of things. Mm -hmm. They had their exercise, but it wasn't like, you know, here in the States, you know, it's our excuses. Well, the gym closes at 10 PM. I tried to get there, <laughs> but I couldn't, you know, there, there aren't any gyms in any of these places. Good it's point. part of their life. Yeah. They walk everywhere they go. And while they're walking, they're living in community. They're seeing their neighbors. They're saying, Hey, how you doing? They're being kind to their fellow people that live in their area, you know, things that we've kind of lost track of. Yeah. Um, so that was a really big part of it. It was interesting. In the pyramid, the top of it was diet, and most of it is a plant-based diet or a Mediterranean diet. Okay. Um, and then next was exercise, and then it got to community, hmm. you know, and then it got to the bottom of the pyramid was purpose. Yeah. You know, and it's always 100% across the board, people that have purpose live longer. They live happier. They live more joyful. They express those things to other people. They make people that are in their world and their sphere better off for it. And and these are, none of that costs money. Right. You know, it, it's right. not the excuse of, well, I don't have the resources for that. Wish I could, you mm -hmm. know, but it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And you think about as you get older, it takes more energy to do things biologically. Absolutely. We know you're not producing the same amount of enzymes, right? It's more energy to get things done. You've got aches and pains, but if you wake up every day with purpose, those, those problems aren't enough to make you say, I can't anymore. Right. It's what gets you out of bed. Yeah. Wow. So I feel like that's a huge takeaway. Do you find that the, the people, the cruise ship goers, that was the thing that they held on to the most or out of those different diet exercise purpose nuggets, what were the things that people clung to? You know, in the end, because when I summarized it, it was all like, here's all the things I can tell you the laundry list of things to do. But at the end of it, it's how you live your life and how you interact with other people. And are you here to impart wisdom? you know, or are you here to just take? Mm -hmm. And I think really that's the part that hit home for so many people, you know, and a lot of these were, um, eh, probably 50 and up kind of age and people that are looking at their bucket list changing, yeah. you know, what's important reprioritizing, um, is it important that I give all this material wealth to my kids or is it important in my grandkids or is it important that I impart what I've learned in my life that I've got from my ancestors before me and hand that to them? And they really started to think about what's important and what's not. Yeah. And I feel like that's a cosmic shift within a two week period Yeah, to make you want to change your life. I remember you shared with me that everyone was saying, have you heard this, Dr. Higgins? And everybody starts walking the ship. Now they're doing right. laps yeah, it was to try to get funny, their actually, steps Because in. the first one was, you know, the most basic of optimizing your brain at any age. And I talk about the difference of you can still be making neural pathways until the day you die. Mm -hmm. 
and exercise is such a big part of this. So everybody was doing laps after. I'm like, okay, so maybe they listened a little <laughs> You're bit. You're listening. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So with the blue zones, it sounds like there's only one in the United States. Why right. is it Loma Linda? So a big part of Loma Linda is the religious community there. It's home of the Seventh-day Adventist. And that's a big part. They live in community. Wow. Mm -hmm. So then how can we really start to hone in on building a community where we are? Like, what are these blue zone snippets that we can put into action today? Um, diet, you know, yeah. easiest, because that's a yes or no. Right. What are you going to do? Right. Exercise, easy one. Yes or no. What are you going to do? And then if you really don't have a sense of purpose, spend time mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. That is worth investing the time into figuring out what am I here for? Yeah. I mean, um, uh, Mark Twain, mm -hmm. um, his, his, one of the best things that I think he ever said was the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you learn why. Yeah. You know, so it's people with purpose, not only are they happier, they live a better life, they live a longer life, they get enjoyment out of it. And it's, it's reprioritizing. You know, I said half of life is learning. The other half is unlearning. Right. And it's having courage to unlearn. Yeah. Because right now, you know who you are, and here's my story, and woe is me, and this is this is the reason why, and every excuse in the book. If you say, I'm going to have a new story, well, your followers that want to hear all your bad news every day, or what are they going to listen to? Right. So to get to that other side, it actually takes courage. Yeah. You know, and that's part of life. Yeah, that that's a big one that's kind of turned into the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Absolutely. You're uncomfortable with your pain today, but it does that feel safer than the unknown? Maybe healing does feel better, but maybe it's not going to be better. Right, right. You don't know. Another big one that people were like, what did you say? You said something really, and I was talking to probably grandparents at this point, and I said, you know, this is something that you have a relationship with your grandkids that you, you don't have with your own children and, and they don't have with their parents. And as a grandparent, you kind of get that get out of jail card, you know, <laughs> you, you can be saying the same thing as mom and dad are saying, but it's heard differently right. because it appears to be unconditional love. Right. Right. So I was talking about social media and I said, you know, it's, it's taken over and this is where the anxiety and the depression is coming in on young lives and taking their lives mm -hmm. as a result of constantly comparing themselves to other kids. Yep. And it's all via social media. And I said, comparison is the thief of joy. Yep. You will never be happy if you're always comparing yourself to someone else. Yep. So if you really feel like I have to share this, then share it. Mm -hmm. Because it's something great that happened in your life. Mm -hmm. But the difference is if you wake up and you roll out of bed and you're 10 years old and the first thing you do is seeing what your, your schoolmates are doing, you've lost a day already. Right. You know, in between like these years of 10 and 15, let's face it, we didn't have a clue of what we were doing <laughs> or who we were. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you're just trying to navigate becoming an individual you're never going to become an individual if you're right. always comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah. You're almost starting your day with the checklist of the things you're not. Right. Exactly. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not athletic enough. I'm not smart enough. It's, it's a tragic, a tragic statement of what's happening. And we shouldn't be shocked at Kaiser Permanente's stats that they came out with last year of 53% of Americans being diagnosed with either anxiety and or depression. Diagnosed. So now think about the people that are undiagnosed. undiagnosed. Right. Those are the people that want to admit I need help. 
please, you know, point me in the right direction. The other people that are suffering in silence, we're looking at closer to 80 plus percent of the population. And these things are exactly why. Yep. Yep. And it's interesting because back when you were lecturing about your prescriptions for life, probably a decade ago, you right. talked about the stat. Right. I actually pulled this out because I was like, you, you wouldn't believe this. Yeah. 10 years ago, I'm saying to people, by 2020, the second leading cause of medical disability will be depression. That sounded insane. Yeah, medical disability. Medical disability. It takes you out of the right. game of life. Right. Disabled. You yep. cannot participate on a daily basis. And we watched it happen. Yep. We did nothing different to change the trajectory of where we already knew we were going. Yep. And why are we shocked that our rates of um, substance use disorders are as high as they are. Those, those were the people that were trying to self-medicate. Absolutely. And, and, you know, depression, the common cold of psychopathology. Are you kidding me? Right. Right. Are you kidding me? A common cold? Depression? Yep. Because it's it's everywhere. It's pervasive. Yep. And that's what makes me nuts, too, because the work that we do at Wired Biohealth, we're not just calling it you have a cold. Because you start to break it down. I know anybody here who's a parent, your child has a cold. Your doctor tells you that for the first time. That's not a good enough answer. What does my child have? So what do I need to give them to get them better? Right. The same thing with depression. Tell me what is biologically happening on top of psychology. You know, that needs to be included. But what is wrong so I can help them fix it to make it right? Absolutely. You have to identify. If we don't identify, we're taking, we're guessing. Right. And someone's health is far too valuable to be guessing at what the the background to that is. Somebody, you know, you, you talk to people who are on SSRIs for decades and they're still depressed because it was never objectively identified to begin with that serotonin was the problem. Right. And I feel like that that is why we've seen this treatment-resistant depression um, diagnosis being utilized more and more is because people were put on SSRIs or benzos for a long term when they were meant for acute use right. and they're not getting better. So right. now we want to blame it on the person right. rather than, okay, you probably had this genetic snip. That's the reason your body is not metabolizing. Right. It was never going to work because right. your body can't metabolize it. But in reality, what happens to that individual this should be working. Every doctor told me this should be working. It's not working. This is me. I just want to be this way. Yeah, that that's horrific. And just to know that we had access to this so long ago and we did nothing yeah, about we, it. We did nothing to, to change where we were headed and here we are. Yeah. Well, I feel like the bright side of things is that there are companies, we're one of them, that are doing things to change it. Absolutely. For sure, handling it from this objective perspective because we know that healthcare, physical healthcare has enjoyed objective diagnostic tools for decades. Right. But the psychological part of healthcare, behavioral health, it's pretty much been just where am I? Am I am I in the right direction? Am I hot? Am I cold? Right. Rather than having some sort of objective measurement. And quite frankly, the DSM five is not enough. Because that can tell us how long a symptom has lasted, when it started, what are the hallmarks of it, but it doesn't tell us biologically what is causing those symptoms. You still don't know what you're treating. You've put a label on it. You don't know what's causing it. Right. And so that's why it's so important to include lab work. Right like this in your plan to optimize your mental health. We have to isolate, we have to measure to be able to create a plan. That's exactly right. So doc, this has been a great conversation. I, Absolutely. I um, I want to catch up the next uh, trip that you have, I think is going to be in late April. Where are you going? Uh, late March, Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. So that'll and be then, a good yeah, one. Yeah. And then all through um, Thailand, Malaysia, 
Yeah. Super cool. Well, I'll be happy to talk through our listeners with that one. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Jackie. It's Thanks, been Doug. great. Everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of the Wired BioHealth Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about some of the biomarkers like the serotonin that we discussed, or maybe if that SSRI is not or has not been working for you, give the office a call. The number is 1-888-841-7099 or head over to the website wiredbiohealth.com. See you next time.